Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Podcast. Uh, today we're looking at an article from uh, Premier Guitar. They do this once a year. Paranormal guitar mods that'll rock your DIY world. Like they do these mod articles where they've taken guitars and done ridiculous mods to them. I think we covered them last year. They had a couple odd ones. Uh, this time they've taken... Are a, they really only once a year? I think so. Or maybe they do a couple. I don't know. I feel like it's been a year since I saw them last. They took a, a Squire Cabernita uh, paranormal thing. They took a Ibanez Jim thing. And they took, I think that's a Yamaha. Yeah, it's like, it might be a Revstar. I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's a Yamaha Revstar. So they took the Cabernita... Is that how you pronounce it? Cabernita. Cabernita, and they turned it into Cabernita. A Cabernita sitar, a Cabernitar. Cabernitar. Um, Pre-mod, it looks smaller in the picture, and then somehow they made the whole thing bigger (laughs) post-mod. That's just me commenting. They zoomed in, and then they went enhanced. Uh, Apparently, they defretted it. I didn't read the whole article, and then they uh, well they they, de- they did a partial defret, and they added a mute. It looks like no, they added in a um a resonator bridge for a sitar. Like they added in a piece to turn ah. it into a res- like a resonator style, not resonator like a resonator guitar, but there's like these these sitar bridges where the string actually like lightly rests across this whole length of the uh, of the bridge, and it like vibrates and causes this sitar like tone i feel like this article is worthless without video demos of <laughs> maybe there's a, of the guitars there's uh oh there's no i was gonna say i thought there were some um it's a ebony buzz bridge yeah it says you that you actually have to like test this a few times so it's it says expect to make at least two or three bridges uh, because yeah, because I'm going like, to do this. Tune. What's wild is this is a uh, uh, the Squire Cabernetar. Is this the? I guess that maybe this isn't the um, baritone version because the baritone no. version, like if you mangled one of those, I wanted to get one of these and swap the baritone neck onto it because I like the idea of Jazzmaster pickups mm-hmm. in a Cabernita body with a baritone neck. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't sell enough of those baritone guitars for me to feel good about mm. taking it down to pieces. I don't know. It seems like I've always wanted to mess around with one of those uh, sitar bridges, but I don't know how I feel about going full fretless. Like I, I defretted it's not it. Full fretless. It's part. It's half fretless. Which part is fretless? The, the bottom, higher frets. The bottom frets. Oh, like twelve okay. and above. I guess that makes more sense. But still, it's like when I defretted a guitar. Like the neck boat. I wonder, do, do they say that they filled in the fret slots or anything like that? The fret uh, slots? It doesn't say. It, clearly, we know nothing about any of these projects. Oh, there, there is another, like... We're just so reacting this, this in is real just time. The, this is just the article about... whole. There is a 28-page document that actually tells you how to do this. No. No, we're not going to look at it. But if something on here sounds like something right. you want, I guess, like, there you go. This is. I think the Ibanez is interesting because they've taken a gym with that monkey grip yeah and they filled the monkey grip in with a circuit and yeah. it sounds like it's a well-known like circuit that other people have used in guitars but i think that's really fun to take like 
the void that is in an existing guitar mm-hmm. that is that monkey grip handle and to put something in there that has some functionality. They got some buttons on there and does something to uh, the sound of your guitar. Man, so, we really should have read the article before hitting record the, on the podcast, uh, huh? The <laughs> mon- they call it a monkey gripulator uh, circuit. The uh, it has three momentary push bo- bu- push bleh, bleh. push buttons for engaging one a lo-fi sampling microphone, a shaker brand harmonica mic that's been added under the guitar's pickguard, a sixty cycle hum. That's us. Hey. <laughs> and a quarter inch auxiliary input you can use to connect your phone or a cassette player or something else to just like basically pump noise. So they made it into a noise making machine yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's fun. Yeah. Especially with a really fun, expressive guitar, like a gem. I could see myself doing something like that. Like that's a mod that I think I would dive into. And I bet it's somewhat reversible mm-hmm. with how it's mounted in there. Cause there's plenty of space in that. Uh, in that monkey grip for sure. I'm and trying then, to figure out like how they, if they actually talk about where the circuit, there's photos for it. I just. Now the Revstar thing is interesting because it's uh, technically only a pickup swap, but I will say it looks so much better. Well, it's like it's only a pickup swap, but those are that's they're a monster pretty, pickups. Yeah, they're those super huge, like metal grilled pickups that are like they're the size of like one and three quarters humbuckers. Yeah, <laughs> but there's something about those pickups on that guitar that look super, super classy. Mm-hmm. I think they had to cut up that pick card too to make it fit. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think it's interesting that they're doing this premier guitar. Yeah, this is a, I, I thought this year's, maybe I'm just used to it now. I don't, I don't know. I yeah, know last year they put like a, they put like a descendant tremolo on yeah, like a uh, Starcaster or but, something. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I still think no brainer mods. I think maybe I understand a little better now because None, none of these are really no brainer. Right. Seems like there's they're like big brainer mods. <laughs> big brain mods. Like you gotta think about it this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Hey, you want a big but, brain mod? But maybe, read a book, kid. Maybe I like understand it more this year, so I'm like less, less shocked by less it. Less offended. It did I feel I wasn't offended. It did feel less you know. shocking. Yeah. I you know to to do that pickup mod on the Yamaha, they had to remove wood, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they had to remove frets on the Telecaster, but that's not an expensive guitar to mod. The gym is the one. Well, that's none like, of these are expensive guitars. Well, the gym's expensive, isn't it? The gym is. They're all like four hundred dollar guitars or something. It's the gym JRSP. Yeah, I think that's like a budget model. That's the budget version. I guess I didn't realize there was a budget version. There is now. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, does it say anything about? Oh yeah, four ninety nine Street. I didn't know there was a four ninety nine yeah. Street version of a gem. That's fun. So yeah, they're not they're not messing with anything that's too expensive here. And then that Yamaha Roadstar is four ninety. I mean three ninety nine Street. Oh, I'm looking at these pickups. Those those uh big double whatever pickups on that Yam- Mojo. They're Mojo uh dual foil. Yeah, pickups. They sit in the body weird. They're not like a normal humbucker drop in. No, they have to remove wood to put those well, in there. Well, they're both like removing wood, but they 
I think for one of them, it looks like they have to create a mounting plate to like space the pickup. Show me the pictures. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're yeah. they're totally unique design. Those are the pickups that Ronin guitars yep. would use in their guitars. I have no idea what they sound like, but they look freaking radical. Probably just jingle, jingle, jingle. They they're so huge. Like normally you would have space in a guitar to fit three humbuckers with some space in between. You would not be able to fit three of these things in this guitar. Yeah. Like there's not space left in between for a third one. They're so big. But there's something so classy about the look of them. And it really works with that Yamaha for some reason. A Yamaha should make a premium version of of their guitar here that has that pickup stock because of how good it looks mm -hmm. in this photo. I think those I think those pickups, they just are a classy overall looking pickup and they bring class to like everything. You know what? You're throwing a fancy dinner party. You want people to know that it's an event that's full of class. You throw one of those pickups on the table. People are going to be like, whoa, I didn't know. I'm going to go home and put on a tuxedo. I didn't realize it was going to be that kind of party. <laughs> uh, this first ad was sent to us. Sorry we bored you with our mangling of <laughs> uh, that Premier Guitar article that we were not prepared to talk about, apparently. Uh, I didn't put in the note for who sent this. I feel bad. How did I miss that? It, I uh, I typed it out like I was going to put it in there, and then I didn't. Uh, this is a Les Paul that has been mangled and then signed by Neil Diamond. I feel like we've seen this headstock mod before where the headstock is slimmed down to barely exist on a Les Paul. Like there's someone out there doing this over and over again, and they need to be stopped. Yeah, uh, I feel. Did have we not talked about this guitar before? We, I don't think it was this exact guitar, but I know that we've seen this headstock modification before. I don't recognize a lot of the stuff with the body. Is the thing, and I certainly don't remember it being a guitar signed by Neil Diamond. Yeah, I, I just. I mean, we've been doing this show seven years. It's possible that we've covered this one before. I do recognize this mangled version of a headstock. And I'm saying, I, I think whoever did this is a serial offender. I think they've done a couple of these. Might even be some dude who's like a famous modder for the stars or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't find it. The only thing I can find is the I, when I search for Neil Diamond... 60 cycle hum all that comes up is the review where the guy complained that we talked about we listened to rush two weeks after Neil Peart died <laughs> and we were not fans and right that was a very offensive to rush fans sorry rush fans uh but yeah this thing is bonkers the thing i was thinking as i was looking at it were these drastic modifications done before or after they had neil diamond sign it because, like, imagine walking up to Neil Diamond with this guitar in the state it's in now and just being like, hey, will you sign this for me? And, like, Neil Diamond looks at it and, like, doesn't say anything about the guitar. Neil Diamond's get, like, I, he's going to comment on the guitar and be like, what have you done? Truly one of a kind, highly customized and modified Gibson Les Paul. This is actually great playing and sounding Les Paul. 
Although a previous owner took some artistic liberties with the look of this guitar and it still has all of the essential bits that make up a great sounding Paul. The neck feels wonderful in the hand and it and has a worn in very smooth feel. Modified headstock allows straight string pull over the nut. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's uh, why. And actually helps keep the instrument in tune. Has Seymour Duncan blackout pickups. Ships with no case, but will be professionally packed with care. Uh, the guitar weighs in at nine pounds flat, so it probably used to weigh like 10 pounds. Uh, there's also a uh, superficial crack that runs down the face of the guitar. We do not believe. This is, is this in a, I guess this is in a store. Yeah, it's in a shop. Um, we actually had the previous owner of this instrument come into the shop, and it's been in the state for many years, apparently. Take a look at the photos. Da-da-da-da. So this makes me think that... I think these mods were done before. What I find more interesting about it is that you get an instrument signed by somebody like this is being advertised as Neil Diamond Natural. Uh, you know, <laughs> a, a Neil Diamond signed guitar. Which, oh, a which natural it, Neil Diamond which signature. It is, which it is, right? Yeah. But part of me kind of like just wants to say like, yo, maybe you just get a little bit of sandpaper and get rid of that Neil diamond stuff completely because it's mostly already gone. Yeah. There's not a lot there. Also, you were talking about the strings being guided straight over the nut. It's kind of true, but like some of the strings are touching the other tuners because it just doesn't work. Yeah, two of the tuners... This shape does not work. Two of the tuners are winding in the reverse direction. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, two of the strings are resting against other tuners. Like, it doesn't matter that you got the strings to be... They're not straight. They're more straight than normal. Yeah. If they're making contact with things that are going to cause other issues. Like... This whole headstock design that apparently you and I agree we have seen before. I think this. I think this listing. I. I think this listing has been posted in the group before. We just haven't talked about haven't it. Never talked about it. It's just a bad idea. No, I don't think we've seen this exact guitar. I. I still hold that. No, this is not the exact guitar that we've seen this headstock on because I vaguely remember that headstock having a natural finish, not a black finish on it. I think there's someone out there doing this mod over and over again. And Neil Diamond signature. No, I don't think that one had Neil Diamond I signature. I remember the Neil Diamond signature. Steve remembers That's... the Neil Diamond signature. Okay. okay. Oh, hold on. We got a group quality update. Uh, what does that mean? It means somebody on our Facebook group got a violation. Uh-oh. It was a while ago. Okay. So it's okay. What do they want for this thing? Was it a price? 1200 I mean, they're not upcharging because I mean, what did they say? What year this was from? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was so this was this distracted exact, by the headstock. This exact guitar was posted in January in our group, but I feel like I'd seen that like years ago. I saw this headstock. Uh, oh, years ago, years ago. I can't. I yeah. Sorry. Uh, I actually kind of don't mind the body modifications at all. I think they've done a pretty decent job of taking it down to a double cut. But that headstock, I just can't get past it. Like, it looks bad. I think everything about this is pretty awful. I kind of like that it's signed by Neil Diamond. 
Like I kind of want to. I would leave that. <laughs> I guess the double cut is like good for a hand hack that probably had no measurements, but like, and the fact that it kind of works around the the control cavity, I think they did a decent but job now, of it. But now the lower horn is like all rounded and carven looking, in the other it upper does one, look like a carving guitar. The other now one is still pretty like has some pretty firm lines. And there's some some stuff that had to get filled in, or you're just seeing the cross section of the maple top there, or something like that. It, it's it's a hack piece. I don't know twelve twelve hundred feels high, and they want ninety nine dollars shipping. Maybe there's maybe there's someone out there that would want this, but I'm not. If I was gonna buy a Les Paul, it wouldn't be this one. Neil Young should buy it. He signed it. It's his now. Neil Diamond. Neil mean, Diamond. Neil Young should buy Neil Diamond's uh, guitar. Anyone named he, Neil should he buy should, this. He should sign it. Then he should send it to Young Neil from Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and he should sign it. And then they should send it to April O'Neil. Even though she doesn't technically exist, but either did a Scott Pilgrim character. Yeah, and then she. So would that be Megan Fox? And then they should send would, it. Would you? No, send I was thinking of the, of the cartoon. I was cartoon thinking of the cartoon. I wasn't okay. thinking of Megan Fox. Uh, and then they should send it to O'Neill Wetsuits. Oh. And they can take it surfing or scuba diving or something. Would that just? Would they just have like Kelly Slater sign it then? Yeah. Is he sponsored by O'Neill? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who and he's sponsored he by. Could, Probably Billabong could, or something. They could send it to, yeah, pro, I think he is. Billabong. Why do we know that? Uh, because we just named the two most popular surf brands. Oh, or if not Billabong, then Reef. Quicksilver? Quicksilver. There's a bunch of surf brands, Steve. But there's, but we're just naming the best ones. Not the, the best ones, the, the biggest, biggest ones. ones. And then he could send it to former uh, Yankees uh, outfielder Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill can sign it. Who's the guy who landed on the moon? Neil Armstrong. Let's get let's get all the Neils to sign this guitar. Then it's spelled differently, but it's still funny because this is a joke. They could send it to Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Boom. Let's get all the Neils on this guitar. Yeah. Neils, hit us up. Let's let's get this oh. guitar bought and sent around to all the Neils. Then they could send it to the guy who runs sound at my church. His name is Neil. Yeah. And then we could send it to the guy who's a football player who kneels. Mm, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, he kneels, so we'll have him sign it too. And people won't get it at first, but then when they do get it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea, Ryan. Yeah. Let's, let's contact... We have the power to make this Guitar maniacs in Tacoma, Washington. Say, hey, guys. This is another one of those ones where if it was in a, in a sideshow tent, I would pay $5 to check it out. <laughs> All right, so so here's the situation, Ryan. You're uh-huh. going to Chick-fil-A. You're hung up on Chick-fil-A lately. Well, because it's next to Kobe's. Oh, okay, it's the swap meet thing again. Okay. You ready to do an ad? Yeah. Ready or for, a sponsor spot? I'm ready for the sponsorship. Uh, this week's first sponsor is... Uh, Let's what? do Chase Bliss. Oh, we're going to do Chase Bliss. We're going to do yeah, Chase yeah. Bliss. Yeah, we'll, we'll sandwich Henning and Big Ear together oh i gotta change my notes sorry uh chase bliss pedals for pedals more creative than you are i've got two of their delays here the tonal recall and the thermae how do you choose how do you choose between two ridiculously overpowered and over tweakable delays well i'll tell you i would say uh, i'm just gonna venture a guess here the tonal recall is more your traditional 
uh, delay. You know, it, it, at its core, there is nothing traditional about either of these delays. Traditional delay. Well, he's kind of true. The uh, the tonal recall is more of like your deluxe memory man style take on an analog delay, but it's packed full of all kinds of crazy settings and features on the back there. This is the red knob version one, which means it's got a longer delay time built in for extra long analog. Ping delay sounds and then there's the thermate this one it can also be a very normal sounding delay i'd say it's got more clarity than the tonal recall oh. it's a it's analog but it's less analog sounding like it doesn't get as murky as quick but it's got this modulation section that it completely changes the pitch of the repeats. You can go down two octaves. You can go up two octaves and everything in between and bounce them back and forth between each other, mixing octaves and jumping and glitching and doing crazy stuff in different ways. It's insane. The Therme is honestly one of my favorite delays out there. And it happens to be a Chase Bliss pedal. And you know that means it can do a billion different crazy things with that switch bay on the back there and all the knobs and memory presets and stuff like that for so for pedals more creative than you are go check out chase with audio <laughs> do it i feel like i'm having t trouble talking tonight steve uh, what's up with that man i don't know i feel all jittery and weird so what's new what is new that's a good question <laughs> oh we're on tiktok now oh yeah you're on tiktok yeah uh i signed up for uh, a tiktok account about a week and a half ago is is the i'll ask you i'll ask you a question later okay and i'll say it's going a lot better than i thought it would i did a couple of videos and they got thousands and thousands of views and all kinds of comments and people following us uh i've been doing the thing where you really must have just used like the right hashtag i have no idea i just did normal guitar hashtags uh I didn't do any like stupid little skits or dances or anything like that. I just did like, oh, here's some, I did. Here's my amps. Here's here's some guitar. Here's my tube blowing up or whatever. Um, I'm gonna say for about a week after this, I'll continue to refollow anyone who follows us, and then after that, I'm probably just gonna quit. <laughs> following people for a while uh, but I've been having fun. I've been having fun making content for it. It's a new social media outlet for our social media empire here yep. able to be part of what we do in the future but anyways we're on tiktok if you're on tiktok and you want to do dumb little dances that's where we do it apparently yeah. charlie d'amelio we're coming for you I no we're, we're not you're underage i don't know who that you, is some adult person who's famous on tiktok adults on tiktok we're coming for you there we go <laughs> So what's new with you, man? Um, I uh, I watched Guns Akimbo this week. Have you seen that movie? Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. It's the one. Is <laughs> that like Gun Guntana? Uh, Gun what? I don't know. There was, there was that director in uh, in the nineties who like he was like a, a martial arts director, but he incorporated gut. He incorporated guns into everything. And oh, I think he called it like Guntana or something. No, like so that. there was you're thinking of the movie Equilibrium. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, they had Guncata. Guncata. Where it was like, oh, if you do this eight eight movement sequence, because it's like kata, like in karate, like the right, basic right. the basic forms, but with guns. So once you reach the the peak position of each form, you pull the trigger and it gives you like eighty-nine percent coverage of any angle that an enemy could attack you at. 
All right. So what were you going to tell me about? Uh, Guns Akimbo is a movie where Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, um, is a douche on the internet. And so uh, he, these guys come to his house and knock him out and they bolt guns to oh, his I hands. I did see this. I could that not, was crazy. I could not decide if it was like the best or the worst thing. I'm leaning He had towards guns best. for hands. Yeah, I'm leaning towards best for most of it because it's just so ridiculous and over the top. How did I block that out of my head? I don't know, but it also got me thinking about um, like what if what if when you trolled someone on YouTube, you're like, oh, you suck at guitar, sell all your gear. Like someone came to your house and was like, no, you're selling. You you have to start a YouTube channel now. And if you don't start a YouTube channel in the next 24 hours, we're going to kill you. <laughs> or I got me they about. surgically attach your hands to guitars. Yeah, there you go. Now you've got guitar Kimbo. Guitar. Well, you need two of them. So right. Guitars akimbo. Guitars akimbo. I don't know. Is there something there? No. no. It's been a long that movie is, week. Uh, I'm that, fried. Steve's fried. This is what happens when we the, have a hard the week. The wild thing is uh, Guns Akimbo is a movie about a guy who has guns bolted to his hands who has to like fight his way out of getting the guns removed from his hands. That movie is less violent than Dread. <laughs> I think I, the, the thing I just remembered about that movie that I like is that at the end of the movie, they make a big point of like, and he didn't get the girl. No, no, actually, yeah, that's an interesting. Because it's like the whole time he's like obsessed with like his ex-girlfriend who just left him or something like yeah. that. Well, I don't, it, I don't think it's, I mean. At he, the end of the movie, they're like, no, like you, you don't get to be a hero and, he, and get a girlfriend. That's not how it he's, works. I'm. It's fair to say that he's obsessed with her, but like, it's not like, I mean, she's feeding like she's willing to give him another chance until she finds out that he has guns bolted to his hands. Honestly, that would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah. In a but, relationship. But that that is actually a really good point. Like you think about all of these movies where it's like the person is in peril, you know, speed, right. She's on a bus and Keanu Reeves comes in and is like, you got to drive this bus. And if you don't, if the bus goes slower than 55 miles an hour, we're all dead. And all this stuff happens. And then, at the end of it, they fall in love and whatever, right. whatever. But it's like, no, in reality, anytime she saw a bus for the rest of her life, she would start having a panic attack and she would definitely not ever be able to see Keanu Reeves again. Right. Yeah. I don't really want it. It just could be. Wait, was that... it Keanu Reeves? Because I just said. Yeah, that. it was. Keanu Reeves oh, okay. was in the original. Okay, Sweden. cool. I forget who was in the sequel, but it wasn't Keanu Reeves. I think it's uh, uh, Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> All right, the next ad? Yeah, yeah, this uh, next ad was sent by... Oh, yeah, uh, the Cinco Sonic. Somebody. Matt Hart, one of the Hart brothers. He's got faith of the heart. Oh, my gosh. Is that going to be our next contest? It might be. <laughs> this is no wannabe strat. It's thoroughly do a Sonic, but oh, my God, it's got five pickups. Oh, my gosh. We're going to need a bigger amp. Why do we do this? Because we can. Lucy and Amy just ran off with this concept, and here is the first one. These pickups are all stock Duosonic with chrome-plated covers, two bridge pickups, and three neck pickups. The chrome covers provide an electrostatic shield over the coils themselves that the normal plastic covers don't. The volume and tone controls are stock fender controls. That was weird. 
Uh, it was weird that you burped. I didn't burp. I just you got close like, to it. Yeah, I just stopped breathing. Uh, the fender controls it came with, but it has a 22.022 micro farad orange drop tone cap orange. Why? I don't know. Okay. Five pickups. Look, there's a lot of pickups here. There's it's, a lot of pickups here. It's weird. And it's like, oh, we did all this stuff and it made the guitar weird. These pickups are in weird positions, and so they do weird stuff with phasing. Um, the kill switch is a gold. T- oh, it's a Tezzy switch. It's a 12 millimeter Tezzy switch uh, for the kill switch. The output jack is a pure tone. Have you ever seen those pure tone jacks? They're freaking expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they're really good. The body cavities are fully shielded with copper tape. The pick guard is fully shielded with copper tape too. <laughs> Did you know that that is like a, a, a plexiglass pick guard that has copper tape on the back of it? I did not notice that. I'm going to say there's, that's, that's actually pretty cool. I dig the look of the metal, uh, the Chrome covered pickups and that copper back uh, covered pick guard. I'm a little bummed they didn't try to fit a sixth pickup in here. There's space for it. Why didn't they go for the sixth one? <laughs> they could have put one more pickup in here. Hold on, I haven't gotten to a picture of it. Oh yeah, yeah, you can totally see that it's taped there. It's all just switches, uh, switches. But the color of this is fun. The aesthetic is fun. I kind of wish the pickups were all at the same angle. It feels a little weird that they start to drift a bit. And the the switches are not drilled in a straight line, so that's kind of catches my eye funny. I don't know. I don't. I kind of. Li- I kind of like the drift. I think the drift works. I don't hate it as much as I feel like I should. Is this is this cool? No. <laughs> it's got the, it's got it's got big Depinto vibes. Yeah, I tried to do a four pickup Strat mod one time, and I could never get the wiring quite right. It's got big Depinto energy. Big, yeah, I got that big Depinto. Well, that's energy. why they use switches. I think. Did you? Yeah, they did use, you like, use switches. No, I used no, I used individual on and off switches, but still, like the grounds would get into each other oh. and, and do weird things. Maybe it was just I sucked. Probably. And I did. I didn't understand how to wire it correctly. I mean, look how clean that wiring. It is. It looks like a really clean job. It does, and it's completely possible to have more than three pickups in a guitar and have it work. So I probably just, I made mistakes somewhere yeah. when I did it. Um, I don't know. My, my personal trend has been going towards less pickups and guitars and less complicated guitars, but there's something about this that has potential. If you could have a guitar with less than one pickup in it, would you, would you do that? <laughs> um, you mean an acoustic? <laughs> well, so, so hear me out here. Okay. Hear me out here. Okay. You get like a, a, a Squire Venus pickup, mm-hmm. but you only use half of it. Do you have one pickup oh, or you, you got have half, half a pickup. of a pickup? Yeah, that's true. P-Base, if you only have like the one side of a P-Base pickup, do you have one P- P-Base pickup? So I, uh, Do you have half of a pickup? I did the, the update on the Line 6 uh, HX Stomp. Yeah. And it's got this new uh, drippy spring reverb in there, which is cool. Yeah. But it has a setting, which you find on various different spring reverb pedals, to select how many springs you want in the simulated spring. And it allows you to do the decimals of a spring. 
So you could do one and a half springs or you could do like 2.2 springs or something like that. Like, how does this work? I get that it's like a, just a thing that you turn up and down and there's different sounds across the range of it. But how does that work? So what does what so, one and a half springs so sound like? So here's what my thought would be, right? Is like, oh no, that's not how it works. So because springs, the spring is the number of springs, right? Right. Obviously. It doesn't, if, it were, if they were doing length of the spring, it would make sense. But, right. But number of springs, it doesn't mean yeah, anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So normally if you have like a, you'd have, you could have two springs in a long tank. You could have two springs in a short tank. Yeah. Three springs I, in a long tank. Yeah. Three, yeah. Either way, it's two springs, three springs. It's not like, because my thought was like, well, three springs is like, uh, uh, if there's like a, I guess maybe the way I would think about it is if the default spring reverb in the HX stomp is a, uh, is a two spring medium box, right? Then any decimal between two springs, but then that doesn't make sense. I was thinking like, okay, two springs and three springs <laughs> is like, okay, so a two and a half spring, 2.99999, whatever is just like it's getting longer and longer. So a 2.99 spring reverb is like a two spring long tank. And then when you go to three springs, it goes back to like three in a medium tank. <laughs> it just starts getting longer and longer. So anyways, so, yes, the, you could have a half a guitar pickup. The real question is, can you have less than one spring? I don't, I think one is the minimum. Half spring reverb. A half spring reverb. <laughs> what does that sound like? <laughs> It would be interesting to have a guitar that only has half a pickup. Well, you just have like a submarine. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah. well, technically what the guy from local H does. He has a, a bass pickup yeah, under like, like two strings. He has like three and a half pickups. Right. Two and a half. I forget what kind of guitar he has. But other than my cosmetic complaints about this, I think it looks fun. Yeah. I, I still wish. They, they squeezed just one more pickup in there. Mm -hmm. Make it a six shooter. One pickup per string. Um, and one pickup per string. They're, they're mm. perpendicular to the strings. It doesn't matter. I know, but still, like, the math is fun. Uh, and then make them all the same angle and get the, the holes drilled straight for those switches. If they're not going to be straight, do a, a, a very intentional curve on the switches. Because the way it is right now, they just kind of drift. They look like a lone wolf, wolf audio pedal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not something no one else has ever said before, Steve. It's, it's well known that he doesn't know how to drill holes straight. <laughs> you know who does know how to drill holes straight? I feel bad straight? just saying his name. I don't want people to know, know about him. You know who does drill holes straight, though, is uh, Birmingham Sounds. He's been doing something that is really interesting. I'm sure a lot of builders do this, mm -hmm. uh, but he's he has been um, 3D printing uh, jigs for uh, Hammond 125 boxes. Uh -huh. So it's really cool to see like he's just got this thing and he like puts the um, so he's got like a jig for the jacks and this and whatever. So he's just but it's 3D printed. Yeah, you know, jigs jigs make this stuff work. You know, imagine like. If you drilled the same box over and over again, if you had a jig, it would make sure that you did it the same way every yeah. single time. Like, it's, I just thought it was cool. It's it is cool. cool. That. Did he share that on Instagram or something? Yeah. Cool. You want to do a sponsor? 
And that's why you, that's why you follow builders on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube or wherever. So you can see the cool stuff that they're doing. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> you want to do a sponsor spot? Yeah, sponsor? let's do a sponsor spot. This week's second sponsor is Bigger Pedals. Yep. Steve's got the loaf. I've got the L. Together. They spell the elf. It's the elf. Elf. You put them together. Loafal. Loafal. You got the elf and the loafal. Oh, this, that sounds loafal. This one's a really nice kind of like lightly modulated, always on style reverb. The loaf is a nice, soft and warm style fuzz, kind of flirting with overdrive characteristics, but it works great on low tuned instruments. sounds real big. Baritones, seven strings, basses, things like that. It's great for your low AF sounds. Yeah. Uh, Big fans of the show over there at Bigger Pedals, and we're big fans of their pedals. They're big supporters of what we do, so you should go over and support them. Another sponsor we have this week is Henning Polly once again. Yep. Let me make sure I get the name of his program right. Uh, he's got a drum tutorial. Like, not drumming. Yeah. Drum programming. It's called yeah. The Complete Guide to Drum Programming. Uh, you can get it through uh, Spectre Digital. I'll have a link down below that's an affiliate link. So if you go through with the program, I'll get a little bit of a cut. These, these are a bunch of uh, educational videos that, you know, I, w I was a little confused when we first saw this because I was like, well, what if I have a different drum program than what he's using? Mm. But the thing is, is like so many drum programs are laid out similarly. What Henning's doing is he's walking you through um the techniques like the techniques like the how theory like, the yeah. the philosophy of drum programming the different like types of vsts that you might want to integrate into yeah. uh your program to and use i've watched through a handful of the videos i didn't understand most of it because i don't work in that space i don't work programming drums but clearly henning does and he is clearly a like a deeply ingrained expert in this field like he knows it inside and out the way i know like adobe photoshop and illustrator inside out and it honestly feels like a college course like he's incredibly knowledgeable going back to like different software and stuff like that the things that i was watching he'd be like oh i'm in this software if you were in this other software this interface would be a little different this way and you would do you know things with your keyboard this way and he's very knowledgeable in all these different softwares for programming drums, for working with drum beats, it's honestly pretty incredible. So if you're curious at all about having an education, it's it honestly feels like a college course. It feels like a formal education in programming drums. And then I think you should check this out. Uh, it's a hundred bucks for, I think the first 10 days that it's active. I don't know if that's still going on when this episode launches. Uh, but then after that, it's only 149 bucks. Yeah. Click that link down in the description. It's like 22 videos and each one is half an hour. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> it's no, I'm telling you, it's a college course. Yeah. It's, it's a ton of information for 150 bucks. If I was programming drums and learning how to do this, this would be an incredible resource of information, like well worth sitting and watching through the whole thing to even just understand where to start and where you're going to end up with it. And he says like multiple times throughout it, like I'm going to give you knowledge, but the instincts and everything that you need to actually do this comes with your experience. And it took him 30 years to get where he can teach it. So it's it seems like an incredible discipline and getting a jump start on it with a lesson plan like this seems smart to me so that's my hot take on it being someone who knows 
practically nothing about real drums, let alone programming them. You could have just stopped it for someone who knows practically nothing. I know practically nothing, guys. All I'll right. stand by that. Uh, we're going to hit our topics. We did something for the first time, I think. Oh, yeah. This will uh, be fun. We, we've always done uh, topic call-outs on Facebook. Uh, but for tonight, we did a topic call-out on Instagram. There's a few on here, too. We're just going to grab bag this. this. Yeah, this is what we call topic grab bag, where we just kind of like knee-jerk react to topic prompts. Um, Tone so jerks. This first one says, promoted on Emperor Records. Which order you want to go in? You got an order? I think I'm set to top comments. I'm set to newest first. Here, I'll, I'll go to that setting too. All right. Uh, the state of surf rock today. California. No, wait. Nebraska. Did I get what? it right? What is it? Are there? I don't. I mean, there are surf rock bands. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, no, it, it, they're out there. Go look for them. I mean, if you start a surf rock band, there's a definite ceiling to the amount of success that you can have is certainly not got pop appeal these days, but there's some very talented, very good bands out there that you should learn about. Just go jump on your Pandora's or your Spotify's go jump on some forums, get on surf guitar one Oh one and see what bands people are talking about. Satan's pilgrims, uh, the Bambi molesters, uh, the surfer jets, <laughs> Bambi <laughs> molesters always get people's at attention. So it's like, well, what was the first one? Uh, Satan's Pilgrims. Yeah, the first two, I was like, "Those are are those real?" And then you said the Surfer Jets. I'm like, I know they're real. There's a bunch of modern bands out there making really good music and music that kind of straddles the line between surf and other genres too. Like there's bands like like Deadbolt that are kind of like this horror surf, mm. like kind of like trucker murder sort of sound. <laughs> That's really fun. Just go do your own research. There's bands out there. Uh, tone jerks. They want. They sent us a few BMKs. Yeah. Uh, this first one is bass pickup options. Humbucker and bridge P style J style. Um, I'm going. I'm going uh, L style lipsticks. Lipsticks on bass. Yeah. On bass, huh? I still want a longhorn. <laughs> you got? It. Do you have a take on this BMK? This might only be aesthetic to you. Um, I'm probably going, I'm going to bang the P I'm going to marry the J and I'm killing that humbucker in the bridge. Mm. Um, I'm, I probably, I'd probably bang the humbucker, marry the J and kill the P no P base for you. Every time I've played a P base, I'm, I've been like, ah, I don't think this is for me. No P base for you. As yeah. far as the sound goes. I like this. I like the sound for certain things. The humbucker and the bridge just in my head. That's like a super modern pop punky tone that. Yeah. I but just, I think that's why you, you bang it. You get it over with and you're like, ah, oh, I did that. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to I, move on. So I don't, that's why I kill it. Cause pop punk sucks. <laughs> just kidding guys. I'm just kidding. No, it's true. Pop punk does suck. Uh, tone jerks, strap locks. What's your move? Actually strap locks, rubber washers, tape, no locks unnecessary. I don't use a strap. My guitar just floats. Yeah. We don't believe in gravity, so it doesn't affect us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the rubber washers, but stuff like that only works if uh, you have like one strap for every guitar. Um, I like that Diderio strap that clips. Oh, yeah. That's because it's like you don't have to prepare for it. It just does it. Yeah. So if I'm going to use a strap lock system, that's the one I grab. But typically the the my personal strap philosophy is just get a strap that's already kind of tight. 
Right. And then I don't think about it. I don't jump around stage enough for it to be a real issue for me. Mm. Like I even have straps that are all worn out like a wizard sleeve and the guitar is just barely hanging there. And I still use it because I'm not at risk of yeah, doing that, anything. That freaks me out. I've been using these, the uh, mono, the straps from mono c- cases for a while, mm. uh, which are just have like super thick. Uh, what is that called? Like the part that attaches to your guitar. I don't know what it's called. Uh, so it just, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Those mono tabs are like that thick tire rubber. Those are the ones I'm talking about. Like you do not need strap locks with those mono straps. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, salmon slammer says, uh, what is an up and coming neighborhood and where is it coming from? (laughs) Uh, well, up and coming neighborhood is a neighborhood that I uh, can answer this. Both of these at oh, an up and coming neighborhood is one that is uh, it was down, but now it's it's rising. Yeah, and it, where is it coming and from? It's well, climaxing. Well, the thing is, is um, an up and coming neighborhood. It started at the bottom, and now it's here. Okay. Uh, Salmon Slammer also wants to know: Would you rather be right, or would you rather be kind? Hmm. Um, I'd rather be kind. I would rather be kind. And in being kind, I would also be right. Because when you correct somebody in love, that's the best way that you can show them kindness. The vast majority of times in my life, I felt a greater benefit in my life from being kind than from being right. And you can be right and be kind but usually that just involves shutting up. <laughs> um, what's next? Does color or art have anything to do with how you feel about a pedal? Good, bad, ugly. I don't think I've ever kicked a pedal off my board or chosen a pedal specifically because of the art, but it's definitely a plus. When I see a pedal that looks good, I'm like, ooh, I don't like I that. really like this color blue. Yeah, that's a good one. I could have an entire pedal board with this color blue. Just that color. I was thinking about this when I had this. I don't even know how the pedal works. Um, I know how this pedal works because it's a chorus, and I understand that. Uh, but I, I got this, and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what pedal needs to be on a board with this pedal? What? It's a blooper. Ah, but yeah. I don't even know how to use a blooper, but now I want one. Just... You don't use a blooper. A blooper uses you. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, I, I've always been kind of bummed when a pedal is black because I do want it to have like a splash of color. Right, right. There's, I think there's certain ones where it makes sense. Um, certain classic pedals and then right. other pedals that are paying homage to that. But um, yeah, I, I, I do. I get where that. I don't like the blackout pedals. Mm. Where they do all the blackout graphics. I'm not a fan of those. Uh, S Bass Boy. Oh, that's the one you just did. Yeah. Promoted. We got all these people. I used hashtag podcasts. And so people are like, promote it here, promote it here. I'm like, no. No, we're not going to do that. Get Offset wants to know what's the last book you read? Uh, Probably the Bible. Because I believe in Jesus. (laughs) Maybe you've heard of him. (laughs) I don't know what the last book I read. I don't read a lot of books. I feel like the last book I read, like the last book I finished was probably like 1984. Oh, I can definitely guarantee the last book I read was a children's book. Well, oh yeah, yeah. I was actually reading a, I was reading a book about 
what when you read the book from one direction it's about butterflies and when you read the book from the other direction it's about frogs <laughs> edith will not let me finish a book like she brings me a book because she wants to show me the book oh. and I get two pages in and she's like, what are you doing? No, I'm showing you this book. Like you're not showing me the book. I'm going to show you the book. Like she's very, uh, you need to take stubborn her, in that direction. Take her a book of yours now and, and Hen- read it to her, start reading it to her. Henry's the opposite where he like brings a, me a book and I read it to him. And then he's like, again, again, <laughs> again and he wants the same book over and over again where edith doesn't even want me to read it once <laughs> get offset also wants to know what's your favorite book mm, I, once again not a big reader over i don't here. think i have a favorite i don't think i've read enough to have a favorite book anymore i was reading for you know for school stuff when i was in high school obviously and i i did get a big kick out of reading like vintage science fiction books like you know all your jules verne's all of uh i forget like your c.s lewis like space trilogy and oh, stuff the like that lewis space trilogy is really good yeah well the last book is weird it's all it's super weird wizards and stuff like that but i really enjoyed the first two like the the people on venus and yeah. going to mars and yeah. stuff like that and all, you know all the jewels Verne stuff i i really got a kick out of uh all that classic science fiction sort of literature so yeah I, i'd go with those uh man uh, tone jerks again he already did that no this is a different one. Oh, this is for guitar pickups bmk neck pickup bridge both what about the middle i know right no middle no middle pickup this is just this must be like a les paul question i've been weirdly fixated on neck pickups for a while and i've, I've been a pick i've been a bridge pickup boy forever i've always liked neck pickups more than bridge pickups um, I think some of that is, I don't, I, in my head, I'm like, I justify that. Actually, here's how I justify it. Uh, my first guitar is a Jagstang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original humbucker in it, I just did not like the way it sounded clean. I didn't really even like the way it sounded dirty. I just thought it sounded bad. Hmm. So I just always listened to that. I always played the neck pickup on that. So that's like my, that's my home tone in my brain. It's been my home tone for like 20 years. Um, and so for every, anytime I come over here and like pick up one of your guitars, I always switch it to the neck pickup. Like that's where I start. And for, in my, for whatever reason, like I only use, and well, it's not for whatever reason. Like it kind of makes sense. I only use bridge pickups. Like when I want more power. Right. And, but I always want, like, I don't want to start from a, I think it's position of more power a lot. It has a lot to do with how my playing has changed over the years. Mm. Like I used to just be like a, a punk, like power chord chugger sort of guy. And like with that, you just want the bridge pickup. Yeah. But now I'm doing with all the surfy stuff and the more kind of like twangy, like kind of the country playing stuff that I've been doing lately. Like the neck pickup just goes with that better. Even like a lot of the churchy stuff, kind of the ambient kind of sort of stuff. The neck pickup works really well for that. So it's been an interesting shift in my life going from bridge to neck. But uh, BMK. um, Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to kill the middle. I, I almost never combine pickups. Almost never, ever. Mm -hmm. I think the only guitar I consistently do that on is the Jazzmaster. Uh, and that's because there's like humbucker settings in right, between and stuff right. like that with the, uh, the series parallel switch. Um, I'm going to, that's tough. 
I think I'm going to bang the bridge. I'm going to marry the neck. Damn, that's what I was going to say. There we go. Get, I can't believe I'm at this. I'm I'm an adult now. I'm I'm gonna marry a neck pickup. Get, get offset says, "Do you like the acoustic She asked that twice, or maybe both of them asked once. <laughs> <laughs> Emily and Andrew asking at the same time. I do like the acoustic There's your answer. You got any hot goss? Have you heard what is going on right now? We're it's recording a crazy. show. Crazy! It's crazy. I can't believe they're doing it. Oh man, Insane. they should be ashamed. It's terrible. It's terrible, but it's also wonderful at the same time. How bad it is! Yeah, yeah. All right, Tone Jerks. Uh, favorite drink, least favorite drink. Oh, you got another message from someone asking us to promote it somewhere. Yeah, I don't understand these <laughs> at all. My we, favorite is when like you tag something guitar or like guitar player and like all these like accounts pop up like, Hey, pay for a feature on our Instagram. I was like, no, I have my own Instagram. Uh, okay. Favorite drink, least favorite drink. Oh man. Are we going to do alcoholic or are we going to do uh, a non-alcoholic? I don't know, man. Just drink. It just says favorite drink, least favorite drink. I, I shouldn't ever have them again because of my diabetes. Mm-hmm. Man. I love a Mai Tai. I love a good Mai Tai on a oh, hot, man. On, like, on, a hot about that. on a hot summer day. Yeah, yeah. Just like with fresh juice in it and stuff like that. I mean, going that direction, I might just, I might just, uh, man, I might be leaning a Long Island iced tea oh, on man. that one. Yeah, I could probably do a Long Island iced tea. Much, like, yeah. There's barely anything in a Long Island iced tea. It's just hard liquor. It's like a splash of cola and a yeah, that's like fine. a little cola and a little. Um, Lemon juice. Yeah, yeah. Is it lemon juice? But or man, lemonade? a Mai Tai. I could I could die drinking Mai Tais all day. Yeah. But there's also like this experience that's like like when you, you're just the right amount of calories starved or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you ha- you get a, a cold beer and you have that first sip and like your your body like takes over and you you're not control anymore and you just start gulping because it's like exactly what your body <laughs> Like is craving in that moment, and you're just like, mm, oh, 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 and you can't stop yourself. Like there, that experience is incredible. There has been some limited scientific research on whether or not uh, certain types of beer are like ideal post workout mm. because of it's like, just liquid carbs because of their carb content. Uh, you know, something to think about. Least you got a least favorite drink. Um, I mean, you could come up with some sort of gross concoction that no one sure, would ever want to yeah. drink. Toxic waste is my least yeah, favorite Yeah, I don't drink. like drinking diarrhea, okay? <laughs> but I, Lauren has gotten into kombucha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand the smell of it. And, like, I, I get it. I've taken a sip, but every, like, the smell is so off-putting that I'm I'm not into it at is all. It su- is this kombucha that she gets, like, super, uh, does it smell moldy? It, it, it smells like fungal. It smells fungal. fungal. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I didn't know if, um, cause I don't ever buy kombucha. Well, it smells fermenty, you know? Sure. Sure. I don't buy kombucha. I've just had it. Uh, he the, steals it. No. Well, the, uh, Joel, uh, the drummer at my church uh-huh. makes it. Oh, okay. No, Lauren's not, not 
getting homemade uh, stuff. So I just get it homemade. So that stuff always has a funk to it. No, but the, I just figure it's because it's homemade. No, the commercial stuff is. Got oh, a interesting. Funk I kind of I, I need to buy some commercial stuff just to try it out. My sister What do you get? Brew Doctor? My sister's roommate works for a company that makes it locally, so that's what we usually have around oh, here. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ever try June Shine? What is that? That's the fermented That's like the big fermented kombucha. It's the oh, hard, no. hard kombucha. No, I I don't I don't try this stuff cuz I can't stand the smell right. of it. Yeah. Um, get offsite wants to know if you've ever been catfished. That's where like you have long conversations with someone online and you have like a romance or relationship going on and then you find out that they're a very different person than yes what you thought. Now I I I don't think I've ever experienced that. I do the reverse thing. I get those scam now I've never had somebody do it who was like so like a real like a like somebody who was like on the show catfish where they're like I'm ugly, but I want you to think I'm hot, so I'm going to send you a picture of Tom Cruise and tell you it's me. Right. Uh, but that is also like a style of Instagram scam uh, where people will do that. And when I get those messages on my personal Instagram, I will take them for a ride <laughs> and just be like, tell me more. <laughs> oh, oh, you're in you're in a dental school in Houston, Texas. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you, oh, you want to fly out to where I live in Bend, Oregon? Cool. Cool. Oh, what's that? You can only buy plane tickets in Google store cards. That's strange. Tell me more. <laughs> Yeah. I like I like taking people for rides like that yeah. too. I had one uh I had the weirdest one um was I think I posted in the inner circle uh somebody saying how like they were like they could get me puppies. <laughs> like they were trying to sell pets. <laughs> Do you remember this? I, I I swear I sent you the screenshots. It's the only what? time I've actually taken screenshots. I'm too tired for this conversation. Um, and so I'm talking to this guy, talking to this guy, and I go, oh, yeah, so will you tell me how to grow? Like, will they? how do they grow? And he's like, oh, you feed them. And I go, well, how long will it take? How long will I have to feed them before they have a lot of meat? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you just feed them every day and they'll get bigger and bigger. <laughs> And I go, yeah, but they there has to be like a size where they stop. And I, and I need to know how long, if I buy the puppy today, how long will it how be? How long until the harvest? Until I can, no, I literally said, how long until I can harvest the meat? <laughs> and the guy just like was God. not understanding what I was saying. No, he understood. He was just. <laughs> yeah, well, he, and I'm just like, and then he's like, I was like, oh, well, I don't think one is going to be enough. <laughs> Like, can I get like three or four? Do you have discounts for like bulk purchases? <laughs> and he just like kept going and he kept, he's like, I don't think you're serious about this. And I go, oh, because I kept saying like, do you have recipes for for the puppies? <laughs> oh, and he goes, terrible. he goes, yeah, I have resources to teach you how to make your own dog, make your own pet food, or you can go to the store. I go, I don't want to go to the store. I want these ones. <laughs> The the thing I've been doing, I'm definitely on an FBI watch list. I get I I get robocalls or like like you know like people calling me. Oh yeah, trying to make cash offers on my home. Like hey, we want to buy your house, and if there's a real person on the phone, the thing my go to thing is like, well, where am I gonna live? If I <laughs> am I gonna live in your home? 
like how is this going to work and just act like completely oh oblivious to like how things work i should start doing that yeah that's how i like to have my fun i used to have the ones where they would call and um they uh they would call and sometimes they would talk and sometimes they would hang up right away um and because they're just doing line checks they want right. to know if there's a a body a warm body on the other end of the line and so I used to call and um and just say like just be like don't hang up don't hang up don't hang up and they'll then they'll start going to the spiel they're like okay listen somebody just broke into my house or like just throw <laughs> something like that at them my but, thing that I used to do is like I I I'd get like the robo callers or like the the spam callers and I'd be like hey can you hold on for a minute and then I just put the phone down on my desk and just continue working and just let the phone sit there and they could hear me typing oh my God. and I would and I would hear the person cuz I'd put them on speaker I'd hear them go like hey you put me on hold but I think he's still there yeah I don't know cuz they they will get in trouble if they hang up yeah but yeah. they're also like they're supposed to they have like a quota yeah. Like they're supposed to get so many calls and have a, a certain amount of productivity. So that was the way I used to dick with call I, marketers. I had, uh, this was probably 10 years ago. Um, this all started off of us talking about catfishing. Yeah, this is I, not catfishing. This is just like, this is just us being dicks to telemarketers. Yeah, exactly. Not even like telemarketers. Like these are pretty much, I think, all. Well, some of them are telemarketers, but like scam operations and stuff like that. I had one. I used to get the the Canadian online pharmacy phone calls, um, which you probably get for real now. Uh, But um, they would call. And I remember one time having something like that where I didn't even put the person on hold intentionally. She just thought I did. Mm -hmm. And because I had my um, headset on, but this was like, like where the uh, you you were supposed to take the microphone because it's on the line and like cl- clip it to your lapel, mm-hmm. and the clip fell off, and so the microphone fell into my shirt, um, and so I like it just sounded all muffled and whatever, and this lady like is in the middle of her spiel, and then this happens, and so she's waiting for a response, and she thinks I just like put the phone down or whatever, and she just goes, "Fucking asshole." <laughs> And I was just like, <laughs> what? Because like used to, I'd at least be like, oh no, I'm not interested. Or like, again, Canadian online pharmacy, which was kind of weird because you're calling me on the phone, but you're an online pharmacy. How does that make sense? Um, but, I, but I'm like, usually I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't take any medications. Sorry. Yeah. Like I used let to- him, let him down gentle, but this lady, because I didn't respond right away. She's <laughs> so worked up. I'm like, all right, bye. I once got on a list for like a debt collector for Comcast. I've never had a Comcast account in my life. Mm-hmm. And they started calling me daily because the first time that they called, they're like, hey, this is a debt collection agency. Um, are you Ryan Burke? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I'm Ryan Burke. Go on. I'm like, oh, well, you, you, you know, we have an account here started by Ryan Burke for Comcast and we're trying to collect on the debt and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never had any Comcast account ever. And they're like, well, someone in your family then? No. 
like a parent, a relative, an uncle, a friend. Like, no, <laughs> that, n- none of us have Comcast. Like, that's not even available where I live. Yeah. But they they could not let it go. So they kept calling me every day for like weeks and weeks. And what I started doing is I would answer the phone and let them do their thing. And I would be talking to them. And then I just start to slip like gibberish, like baby talk into what I was saying back to them. And the, the guy on the other end would be like, what? And I would just mix it in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I've never had a in my life. I've never given that. And I would just like ramp it up, ramp it up. That's not the kind of baby talk I thought you were going with. <laughs> no, it was like it was like garbling, like intentionally yeah, yeah. garbling. And eventually they gave up. And I counted that as a victory. <laughs> Did you celebrate Rex Manning Day? Have you ever celebrated? No, Rex Manning no Day? one celebrates Rex Manning Day. Why do people think it's Rex Manning Day? Stop trying to make Rex Manning Day happen. It's not going to happen. Um, that, I think that's a joke about how this Emperor Records thing wants us to promote on Emperor yeah. Records for our podcast. But this is the most important question. This is the one we're going to end on. Uh-huh. Hobswaggle asks, knife or bat? Bat. Really? Yeah, man. It's hard to play baseball with a knife. It's hard to play baseball with a knife. I went out and played softball for the first time in a year. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, the next day, I thought I would like. I felt like I had like hiked twenty miles. I was so exhausted. I feel like if we're talking about fighting for weapons, yeah, I feel like the bat is the better violence prevention weapon. Where you're like people can see you from far away. That guy's got a bat. I'm staying away. Where the knife is like you intend to use it. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. You got to weigh those pros and cons, right? And so I've been thinking about it in that context. And- like the intimidation factor of a bat is real, where a knife is more like you find out if someone has a knife when they're right. using it on you. The knife versus bat is kind of like the melee weapon version of like shotgun versus sniper rifle right like or like shotgun versus rocket launcher if you asked me knife or bat and the the goal is murder i would choose knife i mean i think again it's it's very situational i think knife in at this range right knife yeah, a bat right now Definitely is useless. Bat like, is useless. You're right. At this distance, at bat, knife, knife, bat knife, is very knife, useless. Knife, knife, at like knife, knife. At like six feet, and you've got. I mean, the thing is, is like bat. You got. You got to have that windup. You got to get that power. Also, bat is good for like. It's it's the intimidation thing. Like you 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 push people away with it. You're like, hey yeah, hey, you could push someone back, back up, back up. You could use it like a baton. You're like hey 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 hey. Like is I like if it really depends on your goals, guys. We actually had this. Why we, are we having this conversation? We had this conversation. Like remember when zombies were a thing? Yeah, there's a we new zombie this, movie coming we this, out. We had this conversation back when zombies were a thing, and you know people in in all the zombie movies. They're going to list people hundreds in year hundreds of years in the future are going to listen to this podcast and be like, whoa, wait, did zombies happen? We're talking about movies. Um, so when zombies, uh, oh, because we said when zombies were a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> so, you know, in all the movies and stuff, they always have like their, you know, they pull out their like wooden bat or whatever from back right. in the day. And, you know, that's the, the classic thing. Um, and it's like, why would you, with all of the modern technology, why would you, I mean, I guess like wood doesn't really, doesn't really dent. So it, 
it's like looks cool because it's a classic weapon. The, right. the wooden bat is a classic weapon. What's well, that satisfying but like, sound? But like, know? yeah, it does. It does have a different sound to it. Um, but like your grandpa's baseball bat that you know has just been sitting in the corner for the last fifty years, it probably weighs like. 33 34 30 like that's the whole thing is like do you want right do you want like wait you know that's a no question kill shot 33 ounce 30 ounce wooden bat to the head right of a zombie that's a guaranteed kill but man like how many hacks are you going to be able to take before you're just like man i'm tired what i've always said is what you want is a bat that like an 11 or 12 year old kid would be using in little league. Yeah. It's like a gonna, little aluminum like bat, a little metal bat. Like it's going to, if you get like a modern one, you're talking about something that's like, uh, Oh, there is something nice about having a long stick yeah. to hold. So, hold so, like, bay, so like a professional, but it's not that much longer. Like a professional right, right. grade wood bat is going to be like 34 at the most 35 inches long. A 12, 11, 12 year old kid's bat is going to be like, 31 30 31 inches long so yeah you're losing like maybe three to four inches of like pushback but you're also dropping like 10 to 11 ounces it's going to be a 30 ounce wooden bat versus 30 31 ounce you know wooden I would bat, do? down to like a 19 ounce aluminum bat you're going to pick up some serious speed you're going to be able to hack like all day long no problem i've thought about this a lot i wouldn't even do about i do a chunk of rebar about that long isn't rebar pretty heavy? It depends on the the thickness of it. But yeah, like a piece, like you're going for for blunt force trauma when you're you're you trying are. to smash a zombie's head, and you've got uh, it's the same similar weight depending on the thickness of it as a bat, but less surface area, so it's going to more like cut through the skull. You've also got a pokey in on it. You're jabbing you through eye sockets. You're getting into brains and stuff like that, and it's smaller. It's lighter. It's more convenient. I need to see some of this lightweight rebar. Every piece of rebar I picked up has been like seemed very dense and heavy. Oh, it's dense and heavy, but it's 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 gonna whip through the air faster as like a one-handed. You know, it's I mean, more I like a, it's, it's more like a sword that way. Short enough. That's my yeah, gut. I under, I, Chunk I, of rebar. I get where you're coming from, and it's kind of like a knife if you get sharp on the end. I can pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> Right, tell us about the song. Oh, do we have oh, one more ad? We're, we got to do some housekeeping. <sighs> if you've enjoyed all this nonsense, uh, head on over to patreon.com. We got to wrap this up quick. We're running out of card. We over are there. running out of card. Uh, run on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Uh, how much time do we actually have? 20 minutes. Um, and support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Every dollar that you give goes back into this program. It buys us burritos. It puts a little... Uh, a couple of bucks in my pocket and in Ryan's pocket. It uh, helps us with contests like that, uh, that jazz master giveaway, because there was actually money that we had to put in to ship things yep. and to cover various costs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. The Patreon money makes this show happen so that it doesn't have to come out of our pocket. So it's important. All right. Next ad, it was sent by Mark DeBrain. Mark DeBrun. DeBrun. I think it's DeBrun. This is a con strobo tuner. I've actually used to f watch these on eBay all the time. They look cool. Uh, I don't know how. I assume they work like a like a strobe tuner. I, I always yeah, but it's like fully analog and that it has a physical thing that moves. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know how you would actually use it, um, but I, I'm assuming you use it to find A. Well, this strobe tuner was used extensively by Stevie Ray Vaughan and his oh. guitar tech road manager in the early 80s. Asked somewhere from Stevie Ray Vaughan's use, but it's still a good working condition. So not anyone else's use, only his use. Right. Um, this strobe tuner was used with Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitars, like his famous number one Stratocaster in many clubs, large concert halls and venues. You will never get a chance again to own Stevie Ray Vaughan's personal gear. Uh, this tuner is. He doesn't know that. Weekend. I might get a chance every day to b- yeah. own his personal gear um, of American music history, and I would. I love to see it fall into the right hands. Uh, that comes with a handwritten, signed, notarized verification letter from Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar. That's actually the most important thing. It is. Um, well, they don't have a picture of it, but if you actually have a handwritten authentication, right, right, you know that's actually really important. I mean. Um, this is one of those things where, like, if someone bought, like, Steve Vaughan's guitar or his amp or mm-hmm. even his tube mm-hmm. screamer, they could make the case having this will help me get towards the direction of sounding as great as Stevie now, Ray Vaughan. Now, that, that being said, this is a 20,000 um, euro right. listing. A tw- this is the most expensive tuner on the planet. This also points out that Jimi Hendrix's personal Octavio—it's Octavio uh-huh. pedal sold for seventy thousand dollars at auction. That I can, but you of- can actually use that to make the sound that yeah, yeah. Hendrix made. This is a tuner. I'm not justifying a seventy thousand dollar octave fuzz, uh, but I can kind of get it. It's a it's a tuner, and there's here's a question I tuners have. that are infinitely better now. Here's a question I have about this tuner. Like I would much rather now that I now that I know this is the tuner that Steve Ray Vaughan used. I would much rather just go buy this model tuner that wasn't the exact one that he used. Yeah, and be like, huh? Oh yeah, I'm curious to see how this works. Oh, this is what he was using. Now I feel like a connection to what he was doing. I don't need to have the exact one that he was using. There's no magic in this. There's no mojo in this. All you're buying is, is a talking piece for your personal basement museum. For some reason, like, Oh, you want to see something? These this tun- is the these tuner tuners, that Steve, that guy was always in tune. This is what he These tuners used. are pretty expensive, like 400. Still, that's way cheaper than 20,000. Like $400 is like, oh, you're just buying a vintage pedal, you know, like you're buying a vintage fuzz or something like that. It, like for a curiosity to have something that is the same model that, you know, your hero had, like you can do it. You can go buy this tuner for 400 bucks. And have it. You don't need to buy the twenty thousand dollar one. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. And then, and, and you know, and it's not like you even like Stevie Ray Vaughan's recorded tone doesn't have anything yeah. to do with this. And he if, tuned his guitar with it, but it's not like with like Steve like uh, Jimi Hendrix's uh, fuzz pedal, where it's like no, his signal passed through this and yeah. affected his sound. If this was a if this was a what TS eight oh eight. TS9, right? Tube screen, yeah. I would get it. I would. I I would never think anyone should spend that kind of money, but I would get it. You you wouldn't get it, but you'd understand it. Right? I'd understand it. I. Someone will probably buy this for twenty grand. I don't. I don't know about that. 
I don't. You really th- think so? There's there's a, a point where I can't comprehend that kind of motivation anymore. And there's people out there who will just they're like, oh yeah, twenty grand for something, Steve. Oh yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Like he doesn't. It could be. It could be anything, and they they'd probably buy it. And I don't get it. And they would believe, like, now that I have this, now I'm a step closer to being just like my guitar hero. Well, it's funny because this is actually kind of leads in maybe. Aren't dumbbells like a hundred grand? Yeah. You want one fifth of the cost of a dumble, which is infinitely much closer to you know what you would need to actually sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want one fifth of that for the tuner. Like, think about that in terms of how much your personal tuner that you own right now is worth versus the cost of like your amp. Sixty dollars and. <laughs> What's five times sixty dollars? Three hundred. Actually, that's about the same ratio. I don't know. I've got two Princetons. They sit behind me, baby. That's what I said. Now, uh, but like a Princeton, <laughs> a Princeton's like a thousand bucks. My tuner is probably like it's like not a, forty, fifty bucks. Two hundred dollar tuner. Yeah, it's not a tuna. I mean, I do have the Peterson Strobe tuner over there. Those are more expensive, but I got that because of the business. I mean, it was given to me as a perk of like going to Germany. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You go to Germany, you fly on a plane for 40 hours and you get a Peterson Strobo tuner. <laughs> yeah. You already got a Strobo or whatever. Yeah. And you, you, you leave your family behind for a week to film dumb guitar videos and you get a strobe tuner. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, it was all worth it. It was fun. I'll, I'll do it again someday, probably, if I'm invited. <laughs> if COVID ever ends. If COVID ever ends. If this zombie plague ever wraps up. Future future historians. You ready to get out? Yeah, tell us about the song. This song was sent by Philip Laclede. He says, hey, guys, the song is creatively named for the basic chord progression I used to create the main part. It's recorded on a Harley Benton CST24T guitar kit, which I put together and modified heavily. Other parts were done on a Squire P-Bass and a Fender MIM Strat. The recording was done directly into a Focusrite using, excuse me, Ableton Live Light. I guess I'd call this Blues Dad Lo-Fi Jams. The actual playing is very basic, excuse me, and heavily relies on mixing to distract from my mediocre playing. Anyways, I hope you enjoy it. It can be found with my other music on any streaming service. You got any more hiccups for us, Steve?
That was cool. I like that. It was chill. Yeah. I could sit and listen to that for a long time. Well, the files are emails, so you can. I can sit and listen to it over and over again. Just keep listening. It was very pleasant. Very, uh, very relaxing. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. Stay grounded.